rxmuscle.com brings you Quantum Physiques, building strength and power for your mind, your body, and your spirit. Alternative medicine, muscle growth, mood enhancement, motivation, putting your mind at ease, harnessing your maximum potential. Quantum Physiques, here's your host, Brian Cunningham. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Physiques here on rxmuscle.com. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham, where we strive to build strength and power for mind, body, and spirit. I'm going to take a few issues today that are kind of turning my world upside down. I mean, not so much upside down, but definitely challenging some of the conventional norms that I've often held. Of course, the show is dedicated to uh, to you know busting through uh, paradigms and belief systems and challenging everything. I mean, no matter how smart or how cutting edge you think you are, part of the danger you have to be aware of is that you still have human nature and human nature is such that you tend to believe what you believe and you think you're right. Um, there's a saying that you can't learn what you already know, which of course is, a, is a, I guess like a double meaning that when you think you know something, then the mind closes down to learning new possibilities. So with that said, there's some challenging uh, notions I came across recently regarding whey protein, whey protein isolate in particular, which I want to just air and see what people think about um, because I do consume whey protein. I think it's really good, but now I'm starting to wonder. Another one too is, um, is inflammation. Of course, I'm a big believer in the judicious use of supplements, specifically antioxidants. I mean, the word antioxidants is really an umbrella term. It's kind of overused because um, technically everything in the body is based on what's called the redox reaction, which is reduction and oxidation, basically. And this reaction is, while it's very simple and mechanical, it's the transfer of electrons. It mediates so many things from telomerase and how our DNA, you know, replicates to, uh, you know, protein synthesis to immune cells and how, how immune cells actually secrete nitric oxide, which actually can be either endothelial derived nitric oxide or inducible. You have INOS and you have ENOS. And of course, one type is good because it actually helps to cause vasodilation. The other one actually is good in a sense because it causes, uh, you know, kills pathogens. But then, uh, this is INOS, of course. But then, of course, if you have too much INOS being released, you have inf- inflammation gone wild. You tend to have, uh, you know, issues like tissue necrosis, uh, arthritis can kick in. Um, you know, so glycation of proteins. Again, all these things are based on the redox reaction. So this whole thing here, um, you know, comes down to the use of oxygen or reactive oxygen species and how they uh, mediate the inflammatory process. And again, as someone who has long believed in taking, you know, copious quantities of antioxidants, I have to wonder sometimes if maybe what I'm doing is incorrect and it's wrong. And I really got to start looking at that and maybe asking some of the listeners out there. We have some amazing listeners that are highly educated and um, very articulate at communicating their ideas, would love to get your feedback, uh, perhaps on the Facebook uh, page. We do, of course, have the Quantum Physiques page on Facebook where we have some conversations going. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for their positive words of encouragement. Jeff and I definitely feed off that. It does keep us going. It's the inspiration that keeps us going forward uh, with that. And then the third issue also that is new for me is going to be uh, the use of leucine. Uh, I definitely have always believed in taking, um, you know, protein, uh, protein supplement or some kind of high protein meal as often as possible because, of course, that is what helps the body to shift or partition incoming calories, muscle accrual, and away from fat accrual, of course. And so that's why, uh, you know, in general, you want to have either a paleo type diet or some kind of diet that facilitates or augments a higher amount of protein. But it turns out that maybe if you're not getting adequate leucine, um, which is you know really the key for stimulating protein synthesis, you're not really going to maximize 
that um, shift in body composition towards having more muscle and less fat at the same time. So these are some things I want to challenge and look at. Um, another thing too that a lot of people I think in the gym experience from time to time, myself as well, is injuries. Of course, one of the downsides from being uh, you know, an athlete and training on a consistent basis is that over the years, you're going to have more and more risk of getting uh, injured. And a recent study came out. This was done in the uh, Journal of Athletic Training, um, and it's published by the National Athletic Trainers Association, saying that overuse injuries may present not only physical challenges, but also psychological ones that could significantly affect an athlete's recovery and performance. The study showed that over 30% of um, injuries among college level athletes are from overuse. And I guess this points to, for me, the idea that we have to be careful and not actually overdo it in the gym, of course, and not push too hard. It seems like sometimes, I guess, uh, obviously all of us, no pain, frequent mantra we all like to adhere to, but you also have to have the wisdom uh, especially if you're a pretty intense individual of realizing that your body is more fragile perhaps than you think and more susceptible to injury. And um, so you have to definitely have that sense of balance between pushing hard, um, but also pulling back and recovering. And I think the fact that these injuries are a lot of times are from overuse should be, um, you know, again, a calling to most of us is to make sure we know what we're doing here. The most common overuse injuries were general stress, 27%, inflammation, like joint inflammation, uh, 21%, and tendonitis. So again, it seems like a lot of them are from uh, joint injuries in particular, which as we all know, tend to be the vulnerable spot for most uh, strength athletes. Let me see here. The sample, study sample consisted of 573 male and female collegiate athletes from the NCAA Division One institutions participating in 16, 16 team sports. Participants reported 1,317 injuries during a three-year period. Of those injuries, 29% were overuse injuries and 70% were acute. A total of 319 male athletes sustained 705 injuries and 254 female athletes sustained 612 injuries. The long-term consequences of overuse injuries include loss of playing time or loss of training time, of course, reduced function and psychological exhaustion. Overuse injuries are also associated with a gradual increase in symptoms, which means athletes may go undiagnosed and untreated for longer periods of time. Long-term residual symptoms and chronic health consequences, including arthritis and deformities. Wrestling, football, women's soccer, and other sports were associated with a higher risk of injury, of course. We all know that. So the bottom line here, of course, is that we have to be careful because sometimes... Now, again, I remember like one of my friends worked for the... World Wrestling Federation, he was saying a lot of those guys, they're jacked up on painkillers. And of course they have to do that because they're making money out of being an athlete. But definitely um, the use of painkillers, I know in bodybuilding, the use of Nubane was very popular, at least back in the, uh, in the 90s, as a way to mask pain. Um, but it definitely obviously is, um, you're kind of like taking one step forward, but two steps back because you're definitely destroying those joints more and you're going to pay for more. I mean, look at the movie, The Wrestler, perfect example of overuse injuries. So let's take a quick break and we will come back to those three issues, well, whey isolate or whey protein, leucine and oxygen inflammation. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick break. Quantum physics, building strength and power for your mind, body and spirit. 
Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy. Your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com, the newest and hottest supplement super site. We carry all the major brands, including Species, MHP, BPI, BSN, Optimal Nutrition, Gaspari, and many more. Low on cash? No problem. ExtremeFitNutrition.com offers competitive prices that our competitors can't beat. Now you can supplement your diet without having to supplement your bank account. Here's some of our specials. Buy $100 worth of Species products or metabolic nutrition and get a free t-shirt and bag. Buy two. $200 worth of BSN products and receive a BSN t-shirt and shaker bottle. Remember, there's only one extreme. Visit ExtremeFitNutrition.com now. Out on the edge of fitness and endurance, there's a line. It's where winners and losers are defined. That's the narrow place where Gamma O gives the serious competitor the extra step. That extra kick nobody knew was there. Gamma O raises your testosterone level naturally and legally. So before you step up to the line one more time, be prepared to bring it with Gamma O, the all-natural testosterone booster. Gamma O is available nationwide at General Nutrition Centers or on the web at GammaO.com. If you train hard, you need to recover hard. Training elevates cortisol, but so does stress and tension. Stress is the number one health risk you face today and not only causes you to put on abdominal fat, but it's also one of the contributing factors in the top six causes of death, which includes heart disease and cancer. But now you can relieve that stress, rebuild, recover, and feel great with fast-acting Gabitrol. Gabitrol works quickly to help you improve relaxation and recovery, reduce cortisol, elevating stress, and reduce binge eating. Plus, Gabitrol will also help you to get that deep, restful sleep. Warriors are built, not born. And now you can build a better body with fast-acting Gabitrol. Recommended by New York Times number one best-selling author, Dr. John Gray, Gabitrol is available now at rxstress.com. P28 High Protein Bread is the official bread of RX Muscle. Are you looking to incorporate more protein into your meals or just want to enjoy bread again? Then look no further. Try the 100% natural P28 High Protein Bread. P28 High Protein Bread is a formulated revolutionary breakthrough product. Packed with whey protein isolate, 14 grams of protein per slice, 12 grams of carbs, 8 essential amino acids, and made with 100% whole wheat. Fear bread no more. Build a better body with P28. 28. Order today at HighProteinBread.com. P28 is also now available at Bodybuilding.com and many other retailers. Order now. HighProteinBread.com. P28 Bread. RX Muscle approved. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding strong.
strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding talk. Fusion Bodybuilding, bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet and exercise, up to the minute news and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscle Place. Visit RxMuscle.com. And welcome back to Quantum Physiques. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. A couple of things I want to point out. This is allergy season. A lot of my friends have allergies and congestion and all kinds of issues. And, um, you know, one thing that I definitely um, have thought helps, and I think there's some good science behind this, is large amounts of quercetin. I believe quercetin actually blocks the mast cells from releasing histamine. And histamine is that chemical that causes people to have those allergenic type of uh, reactions or, or effects or symptoms. So the only issue with the quercetin, of course, is that you do need to take it for a certain amount of time. It doesn't work right away the way like Allegra works or any of these over-the-counter stuff. Um, probably a minimum, if I would guess, two or three weeks. So if you're already in the middle of your allergy season, it may be a little bit too late, but it's definitely something to look at for future use. Uh, quercetin, of course, is a, a bioflavonoid, I believe. It's found in uh, pretty significant quantities, I think, in like onions and apples. Um, it's definitely a good antioxidant, of course, but I think, uh, and again, it's mode of action. There's the word antioxidant again, mode of action being specifically to help block the release of histamine in the body. So that's something interesting. Something interesting here I thought was pretty uh, noteworthy was a study showing that imaginary training can replace the real thing. Strength athletes who replace some of their workouts with sessions in which they imagine training with weights achieve almost the same progression as athletes who don't miss any training sessions. This is interesting in light of the fact that um, injuries from overuse, obviously something we all have to be aware of. This may be a really critical key component to integrate into our training is the idea, again, the mind-body connection. I'm all about the fact that this matrix of ours here is largely an illusion. I believe even Arthur Jones, the founder of Nautilus, um, who inspired I think the Menser brothers who were big into the whole thing of like one set to failure or whatever, because their ideas were, you know, using the maximum amount of, of I guess, of muscle damage in one set. And then this way you kind of get all the injuries done and you get home to recuperate, which does make a lot of sense. So, you know, the whole notion of doing multiple sets and high volume training, um, there's definitely a lot of controversy about that. And definitely in light of the fact that it does increase your risk of getting injured, um, it makes more sense. I know Jeff, the producer, has been, who's a big guy. You've seen a picture of him on, on the uh, RX Muscle Forum. Guy's got enormous guns. <laughs> he trains like three times a week for like less than an hour um, or something along those lines. And so in other words, his whole point was he does not train uh, you know, that whole like multiple sets for six hours in the gym, six days a week. Uh, again, especially if you're a natural athlete and you're not using any you know, copious quantities of, of anabolic hormones, you really got to be careful with that. But these are definitely, there's something going on here, I think, that um, we have to be aware of 
as far as overuse, as far as longevity and, and being, you know, fit and, and in shape and, you know, on your game for the, the long term, you have to start looking at this stuff. And I think this idea of imaginary training uh, can really help. There seems here now, what is this? Sports scientist Matthias Reeser of Justice Liebig University came to this conclusion after doing a trial with 43 healthy students. Imaginary training, he found, is a good option for athletes with a lively imagination. Now, one thing I want to mention on a side note, I do know that neuromuscular programming um, is something that a lot of top athletes use. In fact, I learned how to ski and I picked it up amazingly well by reading an article on how to ski before I went skiing. And in the article, they showed you the technique, they, they described it at length, and they encouraged the reader then to go ahead and doing the technique over and over again. Because of course, you were sending even small amounts of neurological impulses to your muscles, firing off in certain sequences based on what you read. And the idea was that you would actually learn these skills faster. And I can tell you, after my first day of skiing, I was skiing diamonds, not double diamonds, but diamonds relatively easily. And I do believe that um, the program, the neuromuscular, the imagination, using those techniques, the mind-muscle you know, connection, whatever you want to call that, really facilitated my ability to learn these new skill sets very fast. So this is from uh, Ergolog, which is a great uh, you know, website for cutting edge, posting new stuff. Imagine... Imagining that your training strengthens your muscles. This was proven in a famous study done by the sports scientist Vinoth Ranganathan, uh, published in Neuropsychologia 2004, volume 42-7, page 944-9056. Without biceps, for example, you can strengthen them just by thinking of curls. Researchers in the Netherlands discovered it was possible to strengthen the calf muscle of subjects using this method and that people with serious injuries recovered more quickly. Scientists at the University of Lyon discovered that imaginary training is also interesting for healthy athletes. According to their study, strength athletes get more out of the training if they imagine their training in between sets. This is pretty interesting stuff, and I think it's definitely a good component we want to get into more in the future. So turning to some of the issues at stake tonight, number one is the idea of whey protein, whey protein isolate being toxic. Now, Dr. Mercola is pretty famous. I think he has probably got the number one website for health information out there. But I recently came across one of his videos and one of his, uh, you know, I guess, scaremongering tactics about how whey protein can be toxic, in particular, whey protein isolate. Now, on the RX Muscle Forum, I did see somebody post, um, I guess, uh, uh, an image of different proteins that were tested. And this is an issue that has me concerned as well. That's different from the one I'm going to get into. That Muscle tech, for example, um, I'm not sure which other ones, but the muscle tech protein tested high in levels of heavy metals, for example, and a few other ones actually were tested high too. And that is definitely of concern. This is just in regular whey proteins put out by some of the big names like Gaspari or BSN or Optimum. Optimum, actually, just so you know, I remember that did strike my attention, was one of the cleanest ones that came out. And of course, Optimum Nutrition um, is one of the biggest selling proteins out there. I'm sure a lot of our listeners take it. But I do believe that the MuscleTech one came up with some questionable results. And so that is a separate issue as far as the heavy metal um, you know, issue contamination in protein powders that I want to look into because that scares the hell out of me, of course. I mean, definitely taking 
copious quantities of supplements, the last thing you want to know is that in your efforts to, I guess, have a healthy life, you're actually poisoning yourself with tainted supplements. So I definitely want to get into that more. Maybe we'll try to get Dana on here and talk about that or somebody in the industry that knows about um, the different types of testing and how we can all avoid taking uh, you know, heavy metal contaminated supplements. But Mercola is actually talking about whey protein isolate being toxic. According to him, uh, whey protein isolate contains putrid proteins. Now, I think the word putrid actually is a technical term for the release of certain gases as um, organic tissue, like a body decomposes. I believe it, like it releases putrescine, for example. And that's where the word putrefication comes from. Believe it or not, the odor you smell from meat that's gone bad is because of the release of some of these gases, like putrescine. Um, so I'm not sure why Mercola would use that word because it is uh, a pretty, well, maybe because it's a scaremongering word, I guess. Uh, another thing he said that did uh, have a scaremongering effect on me was that whey protein isolate tends to have more unnatural amino acids. I think a lot of amino acids occur, occur in their L form, of course. And the whey protein, when it's processed into an isolate form, tends to convert a lot of them into their, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but the D form. Maybe it's their racemic, or the, the enantomer, I guess is what it's called, actually. Um, and these D form amino acids can be potentially dangerous or toxic. Now, I have it on good faith from another person who's an expert in the industry, probably a more trusted source in protein manufacturing. This is not the case, but it definitely was um, scary and something I wanted to make sure people were aware of. However, if anybody out there knows that Mercola is up to his typical scaremongering tactics, maybe we need to start letting him know this kind of stuff won't be tolerated. I mean, the guy definitely has got some great information and I do believe that... um, you know, the idea of eating grass-fed beef, uh, you know, of having less grains in your diet, uh, you know, a lot of these things are good, but some of the things he puts out are definitely uh, shocking. And um, if he is in error, he needs to be called on it because obviously if we don't police these types of people, they tend to run that slippery slope of wanting to make money by, of course, pushing their brand of protein powder, which of course is what he did in this particular uh, blog post or article post. So that may be something to consider. If anyone out there has anything to share, please, by all means, on the forum, feel free to post about whey protein. My opinion is after looking at this and talking to Jeff, the producer, that whey protein isolate is not as dangerous as Mercola says, um, given the fact that someone who I trust is the Life Extension Board and the products Life Extension puts out, I tend to trust them um, and they put out a whey protein isolate with uh, lactoferrin in it. My guess is they've done their homework and they're convinced that the process that they use, which is I think like some kind of cold process, I believe, uh, does keep the whey protein fractions intact and does not make them toxic in any way. So that was one interesting side note. The next one that I thought was pretty interesting is leucine. Now, there is a lot of evidence that leucine is the key amino acid for stimulating um, protein synthesis, of course. I think there was, uh, here's one here, a study done, this is on people in their 70s, showed taking an extra four grams of leucine with every meal caused this study, um, the people in the study, to synthesize more muscle tissue. Nutritionists at the University of Texas discovered that when they had eight healthy volunteers do this, that's exactly what happened. Um, so obviously there is some good evidence that leucine supplementation can help. Uh, here's another one here too. Let me see here. According to the latest installment of the A to Z nutritional supplements 
series in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, the current scientific evidence suggests that daily intakes higher than the RDA, uh, to be precise, 1.2 to 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight of protein is advantageous. They also emphasize loosing rich protein sources, uh, which I think includes things like dairy and whey, of course, but also pea protein. For people out there looking for something besides just having whey, it looks like pea protein. Maybe even, I'm looking at this uh, as um, sprouted brown rice protein. That's another one too that may have high leucine content. But it turns out these studies showed that it's not just having leucine in the diet, of course, because if you stimulate um, mTOR and prothesynthesis, you need to have other complementary amino acids available for that to happen. So again, of course, the key thing here is number one, it seems like you have to have leucine or leucine uh, supplement or leucine or yes, rich protein foods with every meal, but also you need to make sure that uh, you're getting adequate amounts. I mean, it seems like the range is between uh, two to four grams of leucine per meal is optimum for stimulating protein synthesis. But also on top of that, you want to make sure you're having a minimum of 20 to 25 grams of protein um, per meal, of course, as well. Uh, it's not so much about you know how much protein the body can absorb in one sitting. Uh, it does seem like if you take more than 30 grams, maybe if you go in 40, 50, 60, especially of whey, you might get um, a spike in insulin because, of course, you're going to get, um, I guess, the conversion, gluconeogenesis. You're going to get amino acids that, I guess, are insulinogenic. So if you're looking to keep insulin down, you may want to be careful with that. But definitely, it seems like adding leucine, supplemental leucine, or leucine-rich uh, foods with every meal is something that can definitely help stimulate consistent gains from your workouts in the gym. So... As regarding the whey and the whey concentrations and uh, of just, you know, D protein, D, D amino acids, uh, again, that's one issue. But the one issue that I talked about earlier that I want to get back to is the contamination of protein powders with things such as heavy metals. Um, Jeff was nice enough to dig up that um, image, that table that shows some of these things here. And of concern in particular, again, I'm not going to, you know, spare any uh, companies. I'm going to call them out there if they're guilty. EAS Myoplex Original Rich Dark Chocolate Shake, 16.9, um, I think it's um, micrograms per, serve, per gram or per three servings, basically. Anyway, the, the table shows that this EAS Myoplex Original had 16.9 um, in arsenic, which is a very high amount, looks like it was bolded out. Also, it had high in cadmium as well. Another one here is muscle milk. That's one of the most popular uh, meal replacement or protein drinks out there. Tested high for both cadmium and lead. Very high for lead. It was probably the highest um, of all the proteins that were tested in lead. Another one too is, again, muscle milk. Um, vanilla. Vanilla and chocolate both tested very high in lead. So these two companies definitely need to get their stuff together. Um, it turns out I was wrong when I said muscle tech in the beginning. It seems like muscle tech actually uh, tested out pretty clean with their heavy metal contamination levels there. But without a doubt, it's something I want to maybe have all the companies look at. I'm looking to get my supplements actually, because of course I am a formulator and I do have a couple of supplements. I want to get all my stuff tested now for heavy metals because it's not necessarily done across the board. But And of course, like we get a certificate of analysis with all the raw ingredients from the manufacturer. 
But you know what? I don't trust anybody. Uh, who knows if they're faking that stuff? Who how they're testing it? Um, there could be variations within each batch, of course, because they're making. You know, we're talking like you know thousands of kilos at a, at a clip, and maybe somewhere along the process when they're running a line, there could be some type of uh, you know anomaly in the manufacturing that could allow you know some type of precipitation or something to accrue that could cause contamination. So I'm definitely going to start. Um, looking at my own raw ingredients and getting them tested for heavy metals because I definitely, again, as somebody who uses uh, you know copious quantities of supplements, I want to make sure that they're actually clean. So the third issue I want to talk about tonight that I thought was interesting is inflammation. Is it a really a bad or a good thing? Turns out that inflammation, believe it or not, burns fat and it burns fat very efficiently. Um, one particular study, this done by uh, Feinenson and his colleagues, they were able to show that the pharmacological depletion of glutathione, which of course is our endogenous, across the board, uh, antioxidant, amino acid, uh, you know, kind of a broad band fire extinguisher, uh, it actually made test animals, in this particular case mice, resistant to diet-induced obesity, and it increased their energy expenditure, expenditure, and it also enhanced their insulin sensitivity. Now, it's been well established that reactive oxygen species the so-called villains, of course, of the 21st century, um, they actually ironically enhance cellular signaling. This was shown in in several studies. About a year ago, uh, Chang and Chang study reported that hydrogen peroxide in particular is a potent activator of protein signaling pathways, including insulin signaling and can even mimic insulin's effects by the inhibition of oxidation-sensitive protein tyrosinases. With glutathione being the primary hydrogen peroxide scavenger in mammalian tissue, it is thus not surprising that glutathione-depleted mice in this study displayed a more favorable response to glucose tolerance testing after six weeks of treatment. Um, That's definitely very revelatory, of course. These results are surprising, um, also because the daily food and water intake of the test mice was identical. The latter cannot be said of their caloric expenditure. The daily activity level and the activity of the fat-burning uncoupling proteins um, was elevated, which, of course, increases thermogenesis and energy expenditure. So it turns out that for um, the average person, of course, again, antioxidants, uh, reactive oxygen species, oxygen in general. We did a show. I did a show myself, I think, just lecturing on oxygen way back. Maybe one that's worth digging up because I said oxygen was like the God chemical. If there ever was a chemical, that was the God chemical. Um, the Higgs boson is the, God, is the God particle in quantum physics. But as far as the elements are concerned, I think oxygen really is the one because it has so much paradoxical effects. It acts as a neurotransmitter. It acts as a cellular degreaser, I said. Um, you know, again, shifting the oxygen to carbon dioxide ratio in your tissues um, does promote a much more healthy response in the body, both immunologically, um, anabolically as well. Um, you know, the whole idea of inflammation and of uh, acid balance, of course, with alkalinity and, and acidosis is related to the amount of oxidative stress, but it's also related to the amount of oxygen, of course, and carbon dioxide, believe it or not. So this is a very complex issue. It's not that simple. Um, I do believe that in general, people look at um, you know free radicals or reactive oxygen species as being bad, but there is a need for them because they do trigger a lot of cellular signaling. 
And so for the average person, you know, maybe taking copious quantities of antioxidants may be uh, damaging. For an athlete, now again, I'm reminded of Gary Null did a study way back when using intravenous uh, vitamin C, glutathione, a whole bunch of antioxidants, probably back in the late 90s on marathon runners. And he showed a very favorable response, both in their ability to run at peak performance, but also in in their recovery time. And so that study seems to um, confirm my opinion that for athletes, especially ones that are training hard, the use of antioxidants is more warranted because you are increasing reactive oxygen species to dangerous levels. This is where the idea of hormesis comes in. Now, hormesis, of course, is that idea that um, you know small amounts of something can be toxic, large amounts can be toxic, but in the middle, it's actually good for you. Antioxidants or, or oxidative stress might be a good example. Reactive oxygen species, small amounts of reactive oxygen species, which would be found in somebody like, for example, taking too many antioxidants, are bad because you need a certain amount of reactive oxygen species to you know to initiate cell signaling and all these different you know cascade of metabolic events going on in the body. Too much reactive oxygen species, which is exhibited, of course, by local tissue inflammation seen in patients with arthritis, um, also obviously is very damaging. And so it seems like there has to be a healthy balance. And finding that balance, of course, is going to be where the area of uh, nutrigenomics comes out, which is basically, you know, metabolic testing, understanding where you as an individual, your biochemical individuality, because unless you're getting tested, unless you're seeing these different factors and variables in blood, maybe in um, you know, urine analysis, in saliva, uh, in blood, you're not really going to know exactly if what you're taking is appropriate for your levels of activity. Um, and so you could be doing yourself maybe not harm in the short term, but maybe long term, you could be actually accelerating the aging process and the disease process. And so again, you know, to simplify it all, Definitely want to bring it back down to earth. The first thing, again, comes back to the basics. Oxygen does a lot of really good things in the body. Too much of it leads to oxidative stress, reactive oxygen species, without a doubt. Um, So like marathon runners, for example. And of course, again, the science is coming out that short bursts of anabolic activity, like in sprinters and athletes, is better because you're not subjecting the body to excessive amounts of stress, oxidative stress. Um, Again, carbon dioxide is something that the average person has higher amounts of that's actually toxic in some degree. It does cause acidosis. So again, the simplest way to shift that ratio and promote healthy oxygen levels would be slow breathing, which again, if you go back to that original show, you can look at. Another one here again, of course, that I just mentioned, hydrogen peroxide. This is the basis for ozone therapy. Again, the poor man's ozone therapy I've told you all before, is a hydrogen peroxide foot soak. Again, oxygen in small amounts, even a reactive oxygen species as found in hydrogen peroxide will again trigger and an, an, a cascade of immunological events in the body that are actually good. Again, because it's such a short-lived or short-term um, exposure, like the way intravenous ozone is too, it doesn't really cause any long-term damage. This again shows that paradoxical nature of oxygen. And again, why I'm a big fan of doing regular hydrogen peroxide foot soaks. So with that said, it's time to wrap up. I want to thank you again for listening. This has been Quantum Physiques here on RxMuscle.com. I'm your host, Brian Cunningham. Stay tuned next week for another awesome show. Quantum Physiques with Brian Cunningham is dedicated to harnessing the power of the holy grail of health, fitness, lifestyle, and success. And you'll hear Quantum Physiques every Wednesday evening. 
only on rxmuscle.com.